Ahoy! It's your boy, and welcome to episode 27 of the podcast. This is M, which you can subscribe to on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, everywhere you find good podcasts. And if you want to connect with our socials, you can at This Is M Pod on Instagram and Twitter. That's at This Is M Pod. And, um,. I don't know. Dude, I always go back and listen to this, and thank God I forgot to mention that one thing again. Um, If you're wanting to check out music, you can uh, search my artist name, M, the heir apparent, on Spotify. That's the letter M, the H-E-I-R apparent, on Spotify, and stream uh, a playlist of all my original music from 2019 called Gentleman Caller. It's featured right on my artist profile. Give that a spin. Um... Damn, I don't know, dude, it feels silly to be, um, I don't know, giving the plugs and and talking about things as if uh, nothing's changed in the last week, but I feel like everything's changed in the last week. And um, this is the end of the first week of the shelter-in-place order that's been issued for uh, several different counties in the Bay Area as a response to um, the coronavirus, to COVID-19. And... uh, you know, I don't know, the number of cases seems to be rising in California. Everyone's been ordered to shelter in place and only move about for essential things like going to the grocery or uh, to the doctor. Um, but as anyone who's been outside can tell you, people are st- <laughs> many people are going about their lives as usual to the extent that it's even possible. Um, so anyway, I'm sure we'll have plenty of COVID-19 talk. Um, but, uh, something came up last week that I found, I found a a great review of the podcast, uh, on Apple podcasts. And, uh, I told myself I was going to read it and I completely forgot. So, um, I want to start on a good note and read a great review that somebody left, um, for the podcast. Um, the username is Maven state. So Maven state, if you're a regular listener of the podcast, thank you. Um, I think it it feels especially silly to be doing a podcast and asking people to pay attention to you at a time when people are definitely absorbed in their own lives. But, um, you know, I read this and it was really encouraging and it made me, um, I don't know, it made me feel like it was okay to keep doing this. So I want to read this review. The title of it is called Excellent Podcast. So it starts off good, but this is the review. Um, Yes, this podcast is thoroughly enjoyable. Sorry, I already fucked it up. This podcast is a thoroughly enjoyable listen and something I look forward to every week. It's just one guy basically thinking out loud. Who knew that could be so engaging? At times very funny, at other times very serious, but always plumbing the depths of our human experience. If you like philosophy, film, art, music, anything creative, or even subjects related to therapy and mental health, listening to M is enlightening and inspiring. I feel like I'm witnessing someone experience moments of growth in his personal life, listening to the inner workings of a very smart person's brain, thinking through and processing a very wide range of topics, things that most of us are thinking about too, worries, fears, gratitude, developing new skills, airing grievances, building habits, grappling with existential questions. If you're like me, you can see yourself, your own experiences in the host's host's life. Um, It keeps me tuning in and rooting for him to succeed. Man, well, I'll feel silly if that's really my mom in disguise, but that's a really um, that's a really flattering review. And I think like the other one I read, I think it was maybe even a dozen episodes ago, but, um, you know, it um, I, it's not really something I think about consciously. When I do the podcast, I literally just fire it up and start talking. 
Um, but it just, uh, I'm glad it lands with people. And um, I don't know if I know this person or not, but uh, it was really touching to read that. So thanks for taking the time to do that. And, you know, if you're a regular listener of the show and um, you want to help support it, uh, all you have to do is keep listening. Um, that's the bare minimum. But if you'd like to go above and beyond, I'd like you to consider taking a couple minutes right now, um, finding the podcast, probably on Apple Podcasts. I don't think you can review it um, in other places. Definitely not Spotify, but... If you could find the podcast and just leave a couple words about what you like about it, give it a five-star review. And, um, you know, it, it certainly, it makes me feel good to read, but I also think it could help, uh, it helps people. Um, I'm sure there's something with the algorithm that the better reviews it has, the more people write about it, the more Apple thinks other people might want to check it out. So, so do me that favor. Um, another thing you can do is think of one or two people in your life who you think would like it and send it to them. Um, let them know that this is a show that you listen to, that you enjoy, and you think they would like it too. So, oh man, I tell you, this week has been fucking crazy, man. Um, I, I don't know, maybe in the same vein of, uh, wanting to start off with something positive. I also, I want to say it's been weird. It's been a little depressing. It's been a little scary, uh, a little anxiety inducing to say the least with everybody, taking shelter as it were. But, um, in a lot of ways, and I've been saying this to my girlfriend, I, and I really feel blessed in a lot of ways too. Um, I'm really lucky to, you know, have a job, uh, working on the crisis lines that the, the county deems to be an essential service. So, um, not only are we able to work, but, um, there's a lot of great people in the leadership, uh, over there who have taken the time to, um, put the technology in place that many of us can work remotely if we choose to. So not only am I able to continue working and making some money, I'm able to do it from home. And uh, that is a blessing. Uh, a lot of my musician friends aren't as lucky. There's plenty of people I know whose entire income is based on public performances. And now that that's completely disappeared, they have uh, no income for at least the next month. And honestly, if this continues... Uh, the way it has been, it's probably going to be into the fall, possibly. Um, and I'm lucky that I'm not alone. Um, me and my girlfriend live separately, but I feel pretty safe at this point, um, going back and forth between the two places. So, um, other than my girlfriend, I haven't interacted with anybody. Although I did, I should say I, I did drop off my, for some reason, I don't think they've extended the tax filing date. So, um, I did have a previous tax appointment and instead of sitting there with my, the CPA, like I normally do, I just sort of dropped the forms off. But, um, other than the brief uh, words I exchanged with that person and my girlfriend, uh, I've spoken, every other person I've interacted with has been over the phone, which has been strange, but in a way it's probably just an extension of what we already do on the podcast, right? Like, uh, at least podcasting is something that you can do remotely. I wish it made me more money right now. It makes me exactly $0. But, uh, but, uh, yeah, at least it's something that I continue to do, uh, that is creative and then I'm able to connect with people. And, um, so yeah, all things considered, I, I would say I'm pretty blessed. Um, I think before the shelter in place order, which I think was issued on Monday and I think went into effect at midnight on Monday night, um, I think I was like most people where I... I was kind of hearing about what was happening in Italy and overseas, and I heard about, you know, China, I heard about all that stuff, but I also kind of 
wasn't taking the whole thing seriously. And I think like in episode 25 or something, I still think it's funny, but I was talking about how I want coronavirus and how I could leverage it to my advantage on social media. Um, I think at that time it was still sort of an intellectual thing. You know what I'm saying? And I think I was saying on at le- either that episode or, or the or the uh, or the the most recent one, <clears throat> it wasn't. I was speaking with um, a woman I work with who's a detective for um, University of California uh, for UC Berkeley here, and um, they were saying, "Oh, classes are um, in person classes are suspended for the rest of the semester." And I was like, "That that seems a little." We're responding as if this is a catastrophe, and I, I'm not really seeing the catastrophe here yet. But her point at the time, and it didn't really land on me, was that it's a preemptive thing. You know, we're trying to flatten the curve, as they say, um, before um, things get to the, you know, to keep things from getting the way they are in places like Italy right now. Um, And it wasn't until the next morning when I showed up to school and classes were canceled that I was like, oh, shit, this is actually really going to start to affect all of us. And uh, lo and behold, within four days... Uh, the shelter-in-place order was issued. And it was kind of one of those things that, even as it was happening, you know, going into the weekend, knowing that classes uh, weren't going to happen, not really knowing what the future was going to hold, I, there was times where I told myself, hey, dude, you should go to the grocery store and shop now and stock up. And for whatever reason, I, I didn't. I delayed. And finally, Monday morning, um, I decide, uh, my girlfriend lives in kind of a, I don't know, a business, business type district that has a smaller grocery store. It's not your Safeways or, um, out here we have a place called Berkeley Bowl or Whole Foods, like these kind of places, you know, they don't get a lot of foot traffic. It's sort of smaller, um, grocery store, you know, it's like, it's a one-off, it's not a chain, it's a one-off location. And I thought I'm going to go to that place because I think less people probably think to go there and I'm going to go right when they open and I'm going to get some groceries. Um, and there was only like five or six people waiting for it to open. And I was like, oh man, I think I made the right choice. By the time I got in and grabbed a gro- uh, like a grocery cart and made my way back to like the, um, to the meat counter, the entire store was full of people. And you really, I mean, it was like nearly impossible to like push your cart anywhere. And it was then that I realized, oh, people are kind of panicking here. And it wasn't that people were overtly mean to each other. I mean, everyone was, was relatively civil, I guess. But as you were sort of moving through the store and many of the shelves were fairly depleted, you know, it wasn't, uh, you know, I mean, I was even saying this to my girlfriend, like, look, even if they run out of, uh, meat or they run out of X, Y, or Z or, or toilet paper or whatever the hell it is, you know, you can survive on something, you know, your boy can live on tortillas for a week if he absolutely had to, you know, no one's going to starve to death. So, so don't get me wrong, there was plenty of stuff in the grocery store, but there were many shelves that were empty. Um, and usually it wasn't essential shit, you know what I'm saying? It was like all the chips were gone. And, you know, and so there's a part of me as I'm going around and getting some produce, but mostly trying to get like canned stuff or, um, you know, getting a couple pounds of meat and fish or something like that, things that I could freeze. I thought, I wonder if people are buying the right things. Do you know what I'm saying? Like a lot of the beer was depleted, but there were still like pallet jacks worth of bottled water that nobody had purchased. So um, anyway, I don't pretend to understand. But the point is, is as you're moving through the store and you're sort of navigating people, you just feel this low hum that everybody is kind of experiencing everybody else as a possible impediment 
to their acquisition of resources. Do you know what I mean? There's no overt panic, but it's that weird kind of tension of there's it's percolating. Do you know what I'm saying? There's a weird sort of fear slash, I don't know, fight or flight thing. That's just sort of simmering under the surface of every interaction. And it's just one of those times where you realize, Oh, the fabric of society is actually pretty fragile. Do you know what I mean? Like if something truly catastrophic did take place, it would, it would be, you know, it could get very ugly very quickly. And thankfully everybody was civil and, and, but I was even thinking as I was going through the grocery store, I mean, it was so crowded. There were times where if I wanted to go down an aisle or if I wanted to, you know, get to one part of the produce section, I I, I literally couldn't push my cart through. So I had to kind of like set it aside where people weren't walking as frequently and sort of walk to what I wanted and bring it back. And I thought, if things were just a little bit worse, I wouldn't feel safe leaving my cart. Like, that, of co- like it absolutely would be the case, and I wouldn't put it past many people, that if it was, if times were desperate and many of the shelves were even more depleted, that people would just take, if you had to step away from your cart, people would just take shit out of it. Do you know what I'm saying? Um, and that was a weird place to be in, you know? Not only to sort of feel everybody else experiencing me that way, but also to experience other people that way. Like, you're sort of going, like, I was sort of going through the store, like, trying to be extra friendly to people and accommodating and kind of demonstrating to people, like, oh, you go ahead, oh, you're reaching for the eggs, oh, by all means, grab what you need. Like, and I'm not saying this out loud, but I'm trying, by, by my demeanor and my comportment, and I'm just trying to demonstrate to people, like, hey, I'm not freaking out, so... But it was almost like I was making a goodwill deposit for people, you know, like a, like a karma deposit or something. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, as if, like, that vibe could be infectious. And who knows, maybe everybody was feeling that way. Maybe, maybe that was what was keeping people in check, so to speak. But um, but I got to tell you, I mean, this grocery store that we go to, me and my girlfriend always go there. And uh, we're the type of people, like, we don't really, like, cook ahead. I can basically meet up with my girlfriend at, like, 7.30. The grocery store closes at, like, 8 o'clock. And I can show up at like 7.30 and we go, hey, let's go to the grocery store. And we just buy what we need to make for dinner within 30 minutes and we're back home cooking. So they kind of know us, you know, we'll go to the meat counter. We know all the workers there. We know, at least by face, most of the checkout people and they are, you know, familiar with us. And it's, you know, I don't know what this sounds like. It's just the case, but... I was telling my girlfriend on one of our most recent visits, there was like an elderly woman who was checking us out and not like in a very bad way, but I was feeling kind of judgy, which is, I think, you know, I don't think you realize this when you're younger, but it's like, as you try to establish yourself in the world and you realize, you know, kind of how much money you need to make to survive. And as you get older, you think, you know, what am I going to need to be comfortable and you start to think, well, what can one, I don't know, you can kind of do math quick. Like when you're young, you can't look at a grocery store clerk and, and kind of calculate what you think they make in a year or what they make an hour. But as an adult, I'm sort of standing across from this woman who's probably in her early 60s, who's like working at the, the checkout counter at the grocery store. And ostensibly, you know, not making a killing. And I thought, wow, life is just going to be a little bit harder for this person, do you know? And I felt kind of bad. And I was thinking, oh, I wonder what kind of life you live where you're 63 and you end up having to work at a grocery store. Like, that's not relaxing work. 
you know? And I was also just thinking of this, this sort of psycho spiritual pressure of like having to work a nine to five job and maybe live paycheck to paycheck at a, at a chapter of your life where you're kind of needing more help than you're able to offer. Do you know what I mean? And so I kind of left feeling kind of like judgy. You're like, well, I'm glad, I'm glad that's not me. And then it was like overnight, once this stay, shelter in place order was issued and everybody was kind of panicking and like hitting up the grocery stores and, you know, um, you know, many of the counties in the Bay Area were saying the only places that can stay open are grocery stores, pharmacies, you know, doctor's office, you know, people can't congregate in groups of more than 50, et cetera, et cetera. We're like, I'm in this grocery store and I'm seeing the meat counter. The minute it opens, it's fucking crowded with people. And I was like, it's going to be like this from open till close. And it was like the lines for every ca- uh, every uh, checkout counter were just like super deep. Do you know what I'm saying? And it was like, it's going to be like this all day. And it was, I immediately went from feeling kind of bad for these people to seeing them kind of like heroes, you know, and I'm not saying like they're first responders on the site of 9-11, like running into a burning building, but these people are putting themselves, you know, while the, while most of, while the rest of us are, um, admittedly kind of exposing ourselves for the time that we're in the grocery store, like, you know, (laughs) there's no doubt that it's not healthy for people to be in the grocery store. No doubt about it at this time, but at least we get to go home. Whereas these people, this is where they work. And so it's kind of a double-edged swords because, or a double-edged sword rather, because while some people, while some people's income has stopped completely, I mean, I'm sure on some level they're grateful. They are grateful that they still get a paycheck and they still get to work. But unfortunately it means they also have to expose themselves to, not just uh, the public, but probably more people in a single day now than they've ever had to expose themselves to at work before. Do you know what I mean? So their risk increases and they kind of probably make the same amount. Um, But it was like, it was just strange to kind of like know that in my, in the back of my mind, the last time I had left here, I had kind of felt bad for the woman that had sort of checked us out. And then I kind of like, I don't know leaving with a sense of gratitude. I mean, I, of course, there were parts of me that felt bad too. Like I said, I mean, I feel bad that they're exposed to people, that they're interacting with the public. Um, and in a way, kind of in the worst way possible, like especially if you're a ch- you're working the checkout counter, like you're handling people's money, do you know? I don't know, strange. So, I, I mean, there's other things I feel bad about too, but I don't know. It was just strange to see something that, you know, you kind of look down on or condescended to think about to now all of a sudden in a time of crisis you're like wow these people are really helping society function at this time like this person giving their time to this job is actually helping people take food and resources and whatever back to their families you know um anyway dude i'm i hate doing this i have to go to the bathroom so I, I, it's, I don't know. I feel like we were getting some momentum there, but you got to go when you got to go. I'll be back in uh, two seconds. Ah, that's better. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I, I was, as I was going to the bathroom, I was thinking, damn, dude, does it have to be so doom and gloom for the podcast? Cause dude, if you're like me, fucking, this is the only thing that you fucking have heard about, thought about, whatever. So I feel super lame that you have to listen to this podcast and hear more about it. I, I wish I just had a bunch of content or material that could totally distract you from things. But, um, 
But uh, I don't know, dude. I'm, 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 I'm. I know in my own life, I'm wanting some levity, and it's hard, though. I, you know, I mean, I was telling my girlfriend before the whole thing kind of blew up for everybody, and the shelter in place order was issued. You know, I, even I was telling her. I mean, when I am on the crisis lines, that's all anyone ever talks about. Um, and so when I was hanging out with her, you know, a couple nights ago, or. Um, or at least a couple nights before the uh, shelter-in-place order, I was saying, you know what, I don't even want to fucking talk about it. Let's just talk about something else. But I also remember going into my work, and um, when I was talking with my supervisors, and they were just checking in with me, you know, and asking me how I was doing, my first thought was, God damn, I don't even want to fucking talk about it. But I told them how I was feeling, I told them how um, the situation was affecting me, and et cetera, et cetera. And as I was telling them how I was feeling and then even asking them, like, well, how are you guys doing? How is this affecting you? You know, if I felt better, you know, and, you know, I'm not trying to get all hippy dippy or whatever on you guys, but talking about it is really important. And, you know, I don't know, I don't know what to say about that necessarily, except, you know, I think a lot of people, especially people who have families, um, you know, a lot of people want to be strong for the people in their lives. And, and be, when, when things get overwhelming or, um, you know, there's a lot of anxiety right now. And nobody really knows what the future is going to be. No one really knows what the outcome of all this is going to be. No one knows how bad it's going to get. No one knows when it's going to end, if ever. And especially, I think, if you're a caretaker for others, if you're a parent, um, Maybe even just for your partner, a lot of people want to seem like they have it figured out or that they're not scared, you know, or they're trying to be strong for the other people in their life. But I think being scared, being anxious and overwhelmed, um, frightened, those are completely normal reactions, you know, and if you're feeling those things and not able to talk about them with anyone, that shit's going to fucking become cancer. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Like that shit's just going to fucking fester inside you and become cancer. So... You know, I don't know if it's starting your own podcast, but, um, you know, if you are sitting with those types of feelings uh, and you're not able to talk about it, I would uh, strongly encourage you to start to consider um, creative or productive ways to um, to talk about it. And it could just be, it could be something as simple as turning to your partner and just, you know, spewing and say, hey, dude, I'm fucking freaked out. That might give the other per- person permission to tell you that they're freaking out also. You know, and then you guys can fucking... I was going to say freak out together, but I bet you'll be pleasantly surprised that you guys actually are able to, um, you'll probably be freaking out less knowing that you guys are, are, um, have been privately sharing or, um, separately been sharing the same feelings. Anyway, um, I was kind of laughing though. I was thinking, you know, I was just talking about the grocery stores and how the people who work there now are heroes, you know, and as much as it was kind of a poignant moment being at the grocery store, it was also kind of funny because it was like, as I'm sort of buying things that I think are good for me, you know, like I, I'm sort of looking in other people's cart and kind of judging them. Like I saw one person who just had like a hand basket. Like I, I basically bought like $160 worth of groceries and I don't know what part of the country you live in or if that sounds like a lot to you, but for one person, I, I can't remember the last time I spent $160 on groceries. Do you know what I'm saying? And the place I go to is not one of these like Whole Foods, super expensive grocery stores. You know, I got a fair, I got, I, I got a fair haul for that, for that amount of money. But it was like the woman in front of me had like a hand basket and she had like some fucking alfalfa and some fucking almond milk and like a couple protein bars. And I was like, oh, you gonna die. Oh, you dead. 
Oh, you're going to the grocery store and you're seeing people freak the fuck out and you're just getting the fucking you're getting a handful of almonds and some alfalfa sprouts. You know, I literally was like, "Oh, you going to die." I mean, what do I know? Everyone's talking about like like you know, I did my my most recent therapy appointment. I did it literally over the phone and my therapist was telling me that like my girlfriend was basically freaking out, and she was saying, you know, I hope that everybody's cool. You know, I hope everybody's civil. And my, my point was, I think you're going to hear about all, all of it, you know? Like, in times of crisis, when people panic, you know, some people do horrible things, some people do good things. So I suspect you're going to hear all sorts of stories. You're going to hear stories of kindness and generosity. You're going to hear, um, you know, people who... Like, someone was telling me they were talking to their brother who lives in another part of the country. And I think a lot of people feel this way, especially on the West Coast. You know, people think that everyone over here is like a libtard, um, you know, whatever. And that, that, you know, there's plenty of those people here, no doubt about it. But um, a lot of us have relatives in other parts of the country, more conservative parts of the country, that we, we literally don't understand what country they're living in. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, they just have a completely different mindset. <clears throat> and somebody was telling me that they were talking to their brother and their brother was, you know, like one of these people who thinks the whole coronavirus thing is a scam and they're not going to let it keep them down and they're going to live their life. And my, I, I guess this person was saying something like, well, what about the scarcity of resources? Aren't you concerned at all? And they said, well, I have a gun. If I want something, I'll just take it. And you're like, one, I think that that could be some grandstanding, but it's also like, oh shit. Like maybe some people actually feel that way. Like, they're like, oh, just steal shit. Now, I'm not saying I'm above stealing shit, meaning, you know, who knows what people do when shit gets fucking crazy. Do you know what I mean? When it really gets down to it, if it's between you and starving or if if it's about you feeding your family, you know, who knows what people do? I mean, that's what the drama and the horror of all these... I mean, we've been watching nothing but zombie apocalypse movies for the last, like, 10 years almost, right? Like, literally, how many more zombie apocalypse movies are going to be made? And actually, it's surprising to me how many are are good still, you know? Like, what was it? Black Summer on Netflix was a great one. Uh, uh, season 2 of Kingdom just came out, the Korean one. That's, that's fucking incredible if you haven't seen it. Uh, Kingdom. It's a great show. <laughs> I want to say, like, Feudal Korea. I don't even know. It's like the, the Joshan Empire, uh, Empire or something like that. I don't know beautiful movie uh, or a uh, beautiful television show and season two just came out um yeah i don't know a lot of zombie apocalypse shit um but that's the, that's the horror of these movies like, like when shit really is go- really really goes down what does society begin to look like what are people capable of doing um when resources become that scarce and uh it's fucking spooky man um but where am i going with all this Oh, I think my therapist was telling me that like there was some story about a guy who bought like 17,000 bottles of hand sanitizer and was selling them at a premium. Do you know what I mean? Like fucking war profiteering. Some fucking plague profiteers. Fucking crazy, man. I dude, I wish I knew how to make a million dollars right now. Do you know what I'm saying? Like I have a I have some money in stocks and the fucking stock market's plummeting. Or actually, I yeah, I mean it was plummeting. I I lost a significant amount of money over one week and then I didn't look at it for a couple of days and I looked and it was actually it didn't return to normal but it was up from where it was and then I looked again the next day and it was fucking down again so 
I just fucking swore off even looking at the look, even looking at the shit. You know what I'm saying? But it was like there's plenty of people who made their millions when the stock market crashed. Do you know? Like when I first moved out to the Bay Area in 2007, I think the recession really hit like two years later. You know, and now the Bay Area is. It's got to be the most expensive part of the country, right? Like, I know it's always between, like, New York and San Francisco, but the cost of living out here is fucking insane now. Do you know what I mean? I mean, it really is fucking ridiculous. And 10 years ago, it was fucking decimated. Like, people were fleeing the Bay Area. And it was like, the people who are millionaires now, or at least as far as real estate goes, like, they bought then. When the market was shit, they got in and bought property, and now it's fucking insane, you know what I'm saying? Like you could have maybe if you bought something for nine hundred thousand or seven hundred thousand or six hundred thousand, dude. If you got anything at all in the Bay Area around two thousand nine, probably between like two thousand nine two thousand eleven, it's worth an insane amount of money now. You cannot buy even like a condo. You can barely buy a condo in the Bay Area for less than a million dollars. Um, if you own an apartment building, goddamn. Or if you own commercial real estate, holy fuck. If you own any property in the Bay Area right now, you're fucking, and you get out now, you're fucking making a killing. So I don't know. I wish I had the fucking economic knowledge to like buy now. Like if you can buy stock now, go ahead and do it. You know, because when the market comes back, whew, you stand to make a lot of money. Anyway, do I have to have a, what do they call it? Uh, a warning? No, what's the word? Do I have to? Do I have to emphasize the fact that I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about? <laughs> do I have to qualify that? So yeah, this don't 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 follow fi- my financial advice. But um, oh yeah yeah yeah. Man, <sighs> I kind of feel like how I felt in my therapy appointment, which is I'm you know I'm sitting on the phone with my therapist and. On the one hand, I feel like I should have so much to talk about, and yet I fucking, I feel like I don't have anything to talk about. I feel like coronavirus is the only thing I've thought about for the last couple of weeks, and yet I have nothing new to say about it. I mean, I only know so much, I can only do what I can do, and I think otherwise I'm just like everybody else, just trying to ride the wave and see what happens, you know? Hope for the best, you know? Just do what you can. I will say, though, I, I think when you live out in the Bay Area and you, you know, we're one of the few parts of the country that has issued the shelter-in-place order um, that's taken the kind of stringent precautions um, that we have, uh, you know, and so you think, oh, shit, I'm in a fucking super dangerous area. If if this if these are the kind of orders that are taking place, we must be fucked. You know, you feel like, oh, shit, I'm on the front lines or... But the truth is, is I think in a couple months, as the number of cases rise, this is, I mean, I think we're in one of the safest parts of the country right now. Like, it's like right after 9-11, everybody was like, oh, no, I'm not going to fly. It's like, dude, that's the safest time to fucking fly, right after 9-11, when security is the tightest, when everybody's super vigilant. Do you know what I'm saying? Um, You know, if you wait a year or two, that's when people sort of get lulled back into comfort. Do you know what I'm saying? So the fact that they're ordering everybody to shelter in place right now is actually makes it one of the safest places. I mean, everybody's talking about this, so you're not hearing anything fucking new from me. But it's like when you see the video of videos of people in Nashville, like going out and partying, you're like, well, 
that may be fun now, but in three months, I think uh, people will live or not live, as the case may be, to regret it. You know, I think I even I think the governor of the state of California said like 58 percent of people in California are, will likely catch the coronavirus at some time. That's more than a coin's toss chance that you will get coronavirus. Not if when you like you you will likely get coronavirus at some point. You know, and it's just a matter of trying to, you know, they're calling it flattening the curve, so to speak, so that we're just not overwhelming the system. Like you will get coronavirus. Let's just all not get it at the same time. So, yeah, it's hard, though. I mean, people think it's a myth or fake. And in a way, I don't, um, I mean, I wish people didn't feel that way, but I also don't blame them on some level. I mean, we live in a society where, you know, it's hard. You don't, you know, Trump always calls things fake news that are fucking true as fuck. And he knows that he can just sort of... uh, I don't know, throw shade or skepticism on things. And that's just, you know, he can just sort of uh, discredit things just by saying that they're false. But the reason that even gets traction is because the news is full of shit most of the time. Do you know what I'm saying? When you have a 24 hour entertainment news cycle, they'll fucking just go off anything. Do you know what I'm saying? And a lot of the news, a lot of the news is bullshit, especially the polemicized political news. Do you know what I mean? And so on the one hand, it's unfortunate, but I, it's like, I don't even blame people who don't take this shit seriously. Cause it's like, yeah, the news lies to you all the time. You know, they sensationalize everything. They need a story. They need to keep your attention. And what would be, what would be more, um, salacious or, uh, sensational than a fucking plague? You know what I'm saying? Or a fucking, uh, pandemic sweeping across the fucking globe. Um, so it's hard. It's like they've, it's like the boy who cried wolf, you know, they've been spewing bullshit at people for so long that people don't believe them anymore. And then when they have something that people need to hear, it's like they, they don't even fucking listen. And it's hard, dude. I'm going stir crazy too. You know, I told myself earlier this week, I was like, well, I'm going to start running, you know, that'll be my excuse to get out of the house. Dude, I'm not doing shit. I'm just sitting on my ass, stewing in my own juices, thankfully able to work remotely. Um, Told myself I was going to fucking work ahead and all this school stuff. Dude, I'm not doing shit. I'm doing the bare minimum and that's all. That sucks, dude. I'm feeling depressed. I'm feeling lethargic, dude. I just want to like nap all the time. Dude, I forgot to do this podcast this week. I'm getting to it a day late. I literally was supposed to go over to my girlfriend's place today and just do some work over at her place so we could see each other. And right as I was about to leave, I thought, oh, fuck, dude, I didn't even record a podcast yesterday. So I just told her I was going to stay home and do this real quick. But, um, yeah, it's crazy, dude. I feel completely, um, completely disoriented. You know, I, even as I'm sitting here talking about this, I feel so... Um, like, I, I don't know. I feel I'm just sort of grasping at straws. You know, I was saying I can't focus on anything for more than like 45 minutes at a time. Do you know, like previously I could just like, you know, it's always hard to start, but let's like once I would start doing schoolwork, I could do it for hours. You know, I could do math homework for a couple hours. I could, 
you know, read an entire chapter in my psych book, which takes a couple hours, you know, I, 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 but it's like, I I literally can't do anything for more than 45 minutes before I like, I don't know. I'm so restless. Dude, I've gone more in this podcast episode than I have in in probably the last fucking half a dozen or dozen podcast episodes combined, man. Yeah, I'm antsy. I don't know. It's frustrating to feel like I want to have something to say and also feeling like I don't have anything to say. You know, I wish I had a hot take on all this stuff for you, but I just... I don't think I do. I'm probably like you guys, just trying to figure it out myself. I also don't think we, I don't think we can really perceive like all the, um, the ripple effect that this will have on people. Do you know what I mean? Um, you know, you think about people who are in school right now. I mean, if the rest of the semester gets fucking called off, it's, it's inconvenient for sure. But it's not the end of the world for me. But what about people who are hoping to graduate and like maybe transfer to a four-year university or graduate high school and go to college or fuck, just graduate college? You know, how does this affect people's lives? Like what job was waiting for somebody that now just maybe not fucking needed or obsolete? Do you know, are there people whose financial aid or whatever depends on them, you know, finishing courses you know, for getting certain a certain number of grades or whatever. And you'd like to think, like, there's this idea, like, well, don't you think people will take that into account or people will be understanding? Dude, I think when it comes to money, I don't, th- I don't think you can guarantee it. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, just in the same way there's war profiteers, like, if people can profit from the situation or... It's like insurance companies. If they can find a way to not give you your money, they'll fucking do it. You know? And you'd like to think that people are understanding and, well... Don't you think they'll take that into consideration? It's like, dude, I don't know. I don't fucking know, man. If people can keep their money, they just might do it. Sad. I was also thinking, I was thinking about creative people. Like, you know, you can't perform or whatever, but how many people were about to, like, you know, they they signed that record deal, their record was coming out, they were going to do that big tour. You know, this was their fucking chance. Dude, and now they can't fucking do it. They'd be disappointed. But I was thinking it was literally this time last year that I did the tour with Matt Nathanson. You know, that was something that I really wanted. That was something I was really looking forward to. And when that happened, I was so fucking stoked. I was like, dude, you know, whatever I thought it was going to do for my career or whatever, at least I was going to do it. You know, at least I was going to have that experience. Do you know what I mean? I would have been fucking devastated if this thing kicked up then and it was like shit dude actually we're not doing the tour dude i would have felt like i was fucking cursed you know what i'm saying like i was fucking paying for some like i must have done something wrong in a past life to fucking deserve this you know what i'm saying like god was smiting me or smoting me whatever it is are any of you dealing with anything like that was there anything that you were <laughs> actually as i'm saying this oh my god my poor brother he and his fiance were getting married uh, this summer, and they're almost certainly canceling it now. Oi, oi, oi. Oh, God, how awful is that? God, I feel so bad. Yeah, geez, I just can't imagine. I mean, it's hard. It's, it's a, I mean, I know it's, it's hard to really, um, 
you know, I guess it's it's hard to be it's disappointing, it's devastating, it's not what you want, but it's also hard to be upset, right? Because in the, in the end it's a good thing. You know, it's not like you're canceling because uh, the other person doesn't want to get married anymore. It's because you don't want people getting sick. You know, you're you're doing it to protect people. You're doing it to protect yourselves. But fuck, man, it sucks. Do you know? So I don't know. I mean, I'm 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 probably like a lot of you where I, I want my life to return to. Uh huh. That's funny. I was just about to say I'm I'm, I'm probably like you guys, and then I'm, I'm eager for my for my life to return to normal. But I don't. I don't know. I don't. I'm. <laughs> I'm kind of thinking this out loud, so I, I don't know. If, I don't know. If, I don't know if I'll feel the same way in about twenty minutes, but. As I was saying that, there was a part of me that was thinking, in some ways, though, I mean, I still stick by, you know, frankly, I'm kind of depressed and feeling lethargic and I'm bored and all that sort of stuff, but it's also been interesting to see society, for the large part, kind of stop on a dime. Do you know what I'm saying? And I'm not pretending that it's good, like I know maybe even most people are going to be adversely affected by this. But on one level, I think it's forcing people to stop and evaluate their lives. Um, I don't know. I, I'm not, maybe I'm just trying to be, I'm, I'm trying to force some optimism into my perspective right now, but you know, I don't think everyone's going to use this time to sit down and write write that novel that they were always meaning to finish or write that television show or write that album or finish those songs or finish those recordings or whatever. Um, but there's something, I don't know if transcendent or consciousness raising, I don't know what the term is, but there's something about this experience. You know, we think life and society is just this train fucking speeding down the tracks, you know, and it just it can't be stopped. Like, almost like we're all just along for the ride in some ways. Do you know what I'm saying? And maybe the driver's drunk or maybe we look to the future, whether it's global warming or fucking atomic warfare, whatever the fuck, and we think we're fucking driving straight into a fucking brick wall. But there's something about this whole experience that it's almost as if this sort of mass observance, you know, and I'm not, look, anyone who stepped outside their door, like even just the commute between here and my girlfriend's place, dude, there's plenty of people who are living like fucking nothing's changed. You know, so I'm not pretending that everybody's doing this. But, but for the large part, collectively, life has changed overnight for many people in this country and and all over the world, really. And I don't know, there's something profound in that. And I don't I don't know what to say about it exactly, but it's like we think life is just this thing that's speeding maybe off a fucking cliff, but this is almost like a global demonstration that, I don't know. I mean, I'm not saying this is true, but there's this idea sometimes like world peace 
we already know i mean it could be had tomorrow if we just all collectively agreed to to observe it do you know what i'm saying if we all collectively agreed to disarm then we'd have world peace but i don't know we feel shackled to the world the way it is i i don't know i'm fucking just talking out of my ass here but there's something about this experience that feels I don't know. I'm trying not to say an opportunity, but I, I feel like there's an oppor- opportunity here somewhere also to just sort of pause and reflect and like take a moment, you know. And and again, I'm not pretending that it's all acoustic guitars and kumbaya for everybody. I know for a lot of people and people I've I've spoken to through work and just in my life, things are frightening right now. But uh, yeah. I don't know. There's something poignant and profound happening at the same time also. But anyway, I don't know. Maybe you guys feel differently. You can let me know. I mean, normally when I record these podcasts, well, what I was just thinking is, huh, I wonder, I wonder how I'll feel listening back to this podcast. And then I realized, well, I won't even be able to listen back to it the normal way. Normally I record this podcast and then I have to work in the afternoon. So, you know, I'll like, you know, export the audio, I'll put it on my phone or whatever, and I'll, I'll listen to, you know, the first 15 minutes as I walk to work. And then when I'm on break for work, I have like a 30 minute break where I just go for a walk. You know, I'll listen to like 30 more minutes of the podcast and then I'll listen to like, 15 more minutes when I'm walking home and then sometimes I'll just sort of keep my earbuds in as I get home and just finish whatever's left of the podcast or whatever. But it's like, how the fuck am I going to listen to it now? I'm not just going to sit here and listen to the fucking podcast, you know? At least I don't see myself doing that. I mean, don't get me wrong, I have all the fucking time in the world. But, um, but yeah, dude, there was, I don't know, I missed that ritual. I mean, I guess I could. I guess I could put it on my phone and just sort of walk around, but um, go for a walk in the neighborhood. But I don't know. I think it was just another totem or another example of it's like every part of your life is affected. You know, nothing's the same. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel my mind going to the morose, but um, yeah, I don't know. I'm thinking about this idea that there's, you know, that, that there might be something profound and poignant happening, even amongst all the fear and anxiety and stuff. But I don't know. On some level, I feel like this is an opportunity for me, uh, and I don't mean like a career opportunity or anything like that. But this pause or this break is an opportunity for me to re- reflect and and and. I don't know what it is, but direct my time at something. And I don't know what it is, but I just, I don't know. I feel like I'm wasting it, you know? Maybe that's a weird thing to be beating myself up about. Maybe I should just be giving myself time to be kind of freaked out or to, or even to do nothing, you know? Maybe the, maybe part of the pause or the, the benefit of this time is, is to give yourself a chance to do nothing, but I don't know. Maybe it's the perfectionist in me sort of always beating myself up, but I, I, I feel like in a way this time could be used as a gift. And I, I don't know, I just don't want to squander it. <sighs> 
like I feel like the world might be in a very specific place right now and there's a message to be heard. You know, like I'm definitely not one of these fucking people that thinks everything happens for a reason. Who was I speaking with recently? Or maybe it was just something that we were talking about on the podcast that I can't remember. You know, but it's like when somebody survives something and they say, oh, I believe I was spared because God had a higher purpose for me. Like people who were, who, you know, like, oh, I was meant to be on that plane that flew into the World Trade Center. And it's like, you know, I got stuck in traffic and so I never made my flight. And I believe that's God wanted me to live. To, it's like, what about the people who were on the fucking plane? Like, what was the purpose in God killing them? Like, God had no use for these people, so he's like, I'll spare you. It's kind of a narcissistic way to think about things, but, um... So, yeah, I mean, I'm not pretending the pl- the plague is happening for some sort of cosmic reason or, or whatever, but... It still feels like an opportunity. You know, I... Tolstoy talks about this. Sorry, I'm suppressing a burp here. But, um... <clears throat> And you, it, like in the philosophical passages of War and Peace, Tolstoy talks about this. There's, there's a great work with like a capital W. You know, there's a great work being carried out in the world. And every event, everything contributes to it. And you sometimes you look at the great figures in history, like Napoleon or something, which, you know, is sort of at the center of the events of War and Peace. These great figures in history who think that they're the... Um, what's the word? That they're the... The, they shape the world. It's their choices and 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 um, their will and their desire that shapes history. But they're really at the crest of a wave that's forming based on the you know the multitude of minutia or minutiae. I don't know the word, but that's happening underneath them. That they are really just the um, the conduits of this great cosmic work that's being carried out, irregardless. You know, and if it wasn't them, it would be somebody else. You know, the window or the door of opportunity opens and somebody steps through. It has nothing to do with the individual. It has everything to do with the work being carried out. And like, I almost think they talk about this in the Bible too. Like a prophet hears the call and they either heed the call or they don't, but the work is still carried out. And if you don't, if you don't heed the call, somebody else will and the great work will still be carried out. So anyway, dude, I feel like I'm losing my fucking mind at the end of this podcast, but there's something, there's something intriguing in that. And I'm not saying it's the actual case, but I'm, I don't know, there's, there's, there is a part of me that feels like there's an opportunity here for me, and I just don't want to miss the message. You know, and I'm not talking about an opportunity like the plague profiteers fucking think about it. Like, who the fuck are those people, you know? Like, I was speaking with somebody who was telling me, like, oh, gun sales have gone up. And it's like, yep, dude, there's always fucking somebody who's happy to make money on on fucking crisis. Do you know what I'm saying? On crises. You know, and I'm not one of these anti-gun people, but... Jesus Christ, man. (sighs) I need some fucking plague profiteering advice. Dude, does anyone who listens to this podcast know how to make money? Know, know how to make a shit ton of money at this time? <sighs> Other than like buying seventeen thousand bottles of hand sanitizer and selling them at a premium. I do feel like someone is going to come up with a great creative idea out of this thing. Like I was like, there's got to be some like web series or podcast that somebody could create that would be. 
that's just like right now. Like you know, dude, you know every fucking social media corporation like Instagram and fucking YouTube. They're trying to come up with some hashtag that can trend around this time. You know, I mean, not me too, obviously, but something like that. You know, they're trying to come up with like the social media, the social media icon or totem for like what's happening right now. <clears throat> I mean, I, know, I think it's already the title of a show, but I was trying to think, like, if someone started a podcast right now, like, what could they call it? And it was sort of coronavirus-based, like a daily broadcast or podcast. You know, something about isolating, but also doing it, like, like uh, I think it's a show, but it's called Alone Together. But I was like, someone could do something like that, some podcast that's like that. I don't know what you would call it. The Shelter in Place podcast or something? I don't know. There's some work to be accomplished in this time, and I just, I'm not sure what it is. For now, I'm just sort of watching the clock and stewing in my own juices. And, dude, I literally feel like at the end of every day, it's like I need a fucking Silkwood shower. You know, it's like all I do is just sit and stew... It's like my face is breaking out for no goddamn reason. I'm not doing anything. It's literally, I'm just in my place. Like, I literally stepped out of my apartment for like 20 minutes just to like circle the block. And I came back in and it just smelled like me. You know, it wasn't a bad smell. It was just like someone had been living in here. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, I literally just smelled my essence. You know, I was like, oh, this is what my dog smells. (laughs) not that I have a dog, but it's like, oh, this is what one's dog smells, you know? Oh, they smell their owner. This is, you know, it was like someone had fucking bottled, like someone could bottle the scent and like make a perfume. Anyway, dude, your boy's struggling. I'm looking at the clock here. I'm like, eh, we got about five minutes left before we hit an hour. And I feel like I'm fucking gassed. Although it's hard when you do a podcast like this and you're kind of, I don't know. I like, if you look at the timestamps for the, uh, for the first maybe half a dozen episodes, they maybe hit an hour, but usually are kind of slightly under. And that was sort of the benchmark. And it's like, once you go over that, once you sort of break an hour, it's like the goal for me now is to always go over an hour. But once you hit like an hour four, an hour five, an hour six, an hour 10 or whatever, it's like, you never want to go back to less. You know, it's like every time I do this, I try to, and it's like long distance running or something. Like I just try to hit that like minute, like hour five, hour six, hour seven. That's like perfect for me. But Jesus Christ, I'm like looking at the clock here and I'm like, dude, maybe I should just give myself permission to just say, fuck it and just give up. But dude, I'm also feeling the pressure of your reviews. Do you know what? (laughs) I was also laughing because it, as it, it, that and the the review I read at the top of the episode is a great one. But then uh, my fucking my buddy uh, Aaron Michael Marsh, he's a comedian. He has a great podcast you should check out called Putting Up with Aaron Michael Marsh. But he left a fucking review too. It says the title is "Love This Show," five stars. It taught me how to love again. You motherfucker, besmirching my <clears throat> besmirching my ratings and reviews with that bullshit. No, it's funny. Oh, shit. And I'm also looking at someone left a one-star review. Damn, dude. Go fuck yourself. That dude can fucking suck a dick up to the hiccup. How awful. Damn, dude. What a blight. 
They took my fucking five star rating to fucking four point five. You motherfucker. I wish they would have typed something. Like if you're gonna fucking leave a one star review, fucking articulate it. At least say why. <sighs> yeah, actually, since we got this sort of, uh, you know, I, I honestly, I kind of regret doing this, if I'm being honest with you. But um, the podcast has its own YouTube channel now where I post all the episodes and the episode clips. And there's a fucking, sh- there's a few shitty comments on those videos. So I'm not going to tell you which ones, but if you want to peruse through the, uh, the channel, you can see some shitty comments. Um, I also think someone's fucking spamming my shit. You know, one of these fucking robot commenter fucking bullshits. So that sucks. But yeah, I kind of, I don't know. I kind of regret moving everything to another channel now because like most of the videos are sitting at no views. You know, uh, before I was uploading all this stuff to the, you know, my, my YouTube channel, you know, that has a few thousand subscribers. And uh, because the views were just fucking abysmal compared to when I upload music, I was like, oh damn, nobody wants to fucking view this shit. But it was like, if you thought 63 views were bad, wait till you see zero. Do you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. I don't think I fully calculated. Well, at least 63 is better than none. But, uh, which is exactly what many of the videos are getting now. But, uh, but I don't know. We'll revisit it. You know what I'm saying? I mean, when I started writing and performing music as M, the heir apparent in like 2016, you better believe I uploaded shit and it had zero listens. And look at us now. A few years later, I got, you know, 250,000 monthly listeners on average on Spotify. That's pretty good. So even though we're fucking nowhere near that with the podcast, I think the takeaway from all this is you got to start somewhere. And yeah, it sucks. It sucks to upload shit and have nobody see it. But, you know, you just commit to the process and see what happens. So anyway, yeah, dude, <laughs> I don't know, this is starting to feel pretty fucking tedious, so maybe I will give my, myself permission to, uh, I don't know, end it there. Would you guys judge me too harshly if I, uh, if I uh, pull the coronavirus card and just fucking say, well, we're, we're going to end this episode short, and uh, I don't know, I'm going to give myself permission to fucking do nothing for the next couple hours before I have to start working remotely? Who knows? I'm sure as soon as I stop, though, I'll I'll think of ten things that I wish I would have said. But yeah, dude, I feel like I got nothing. Thanks for listening. For those of you that do take the time and write good reviews, I mean, it really does. I mean, it sounds super cheesy, but it, it does make the hard work feel worth it. You know, like I know it's not podcast related, but somebody did find, um, somebody did find a video of mine recently and left a very thoughtful comment saying that they had found my music while they were like years ago while they were on a bus. You know, I don't think they were like taking a bus across the country or some shit. But, uh, it's weird when you do something like this where you're just creating content and uploading it to the internet. You, you, it's really, you don't really realize that people ingest it, you know, and that's good and bad. Some people take the time and leave great comments and you go, Oh shit. Like that's really touching. I guess people do really hear this and respond to it. And then people leave like a one star review and you go, well, I guess it, it works both ways. Right. When you uh, present yourself to the world, you open yourself up for good and bad criticism. Do you know what I'm saying? But, uh, it, it, you know, it means a lot that you take the time to listen to this podcast. And, um, you know, especially at a time like this, I, I feel some pressure 
you know, wanting to have something unique to offer and something to say, uh, whether it's comforting or encouraging or whatever. Um, you know, frankly, I wish it was funny. I wish I had some fucking funny material for you. I wish I could be a distraction during this time. I wish I could, you know, offer something that would uh, take your mind off the fucking coronavirus because that's uh, everywhere else you turn. That's what people are talking and thinking about. But, um, but I think there's a part of me that also is looking at this podcast as, a, as an artifact or a document. Do you know what I mean? So I don't really see myself doing this, but at some point I'd like to think that I could go back and listen to these episodes and also uh, remember certain times in my life. So um, thanks for bearing with me. Uh, thanks for listening to my very uh, singular and particular experience of the coronavirus so far. I'm fucking positive we'll be talking more about this. Um, and we'll just have to see how things develop. Um, until then, I really want you to take care of yourself. And uh, I want you to take care of others by taking care of yourself. If you're not isolating, do it. Um, you know, take it seriously. Things may not be out of control and catastrophic yet, but um, I think in the coming months, as the number of cases increase, <clears throat> I think the people who isolate now will be grateful that they did. And I think um, uh, your community will also be uh, grateful that you isolated also. So let's do that. And um, let's all think on how to make the best of the situation that we're in. And let's continue to talk about it. You know, I'm not really sure what the future is going to hold. I don't think anyone knows for sure what the uh, what the future is going to look like. But uh, it'll be what it'll be, and we'll navigate it as it happens. Um, until then, uh, I plan to keep doing the podcast um, and doing what I can to take care of myself. And uh, all I can ask is that you do the same. And if you can, uh, if you want to continue weaving us into your schedule and listening to the podcast, we'd be grateful. If you're not able to, I understand also. Um, if you haven't subscribed to the podcast yet, you can on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, everywhere you find good podcasts. And uh, you can connect with our socials on Instagram and Twitter at thisismpod. Uh, you can find the website at thisismpod.com if you want. Um, and yeah, share the podcast. If there is someone in your life, just one person who you think would like it, go ahead and send them your favorite episode. And please rate and review the show. Leave... I want 10 five-star reviews to outweigh the fucking one-star review I just saw. So uh, if you can, please take some time to rate and review the show. Uh, type a couple sentences to let people know why you listen. Otherwise, just keep doing you, you know? If you don't want to share the podcast, that's fine. As long as I keep you listening, that's uh, more than enough. So thank you. Um, thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you for your time. And I'll talk to you next week. Ciao. For now. <laughs>